Oh, happy new year. Welcome back. Trade talk from a hedge fund insider. L.A. Aiko here, your host. And I am probably back either for a few episodes or probably be the last season. Um, as I've said before in previous episodes, we kind of hit our mark when speaking about uh, cryptocurrency. But what has uh, come to be the encore moment here, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to this fight, is the situation of complete capitulation of stable coins. And I am very, very interested. I know I will have a lot of detractors, much like I had detractors when we were talking about the uh, Bitcoin short. However, I have a sneaking suspicion that the assets backing uh, USD Tether um, are not one-to-one collateralized and will be revealed in time to have an, to have a problem with uh, their representation. And not only the problem with their representation, that there will be dramatic outflows. So in this episode, uh, what we're really going to be talking about is a short position in USDT. I believe that a USDT capitulation could be the biggest trade that you have seen in the crypto space. Before we get into the details of the episode, I first want to uh, give a clarity of my thesis. So what the thesis uh, pretty much is, is that uh, USDT will drastically lose its peg from the US dollar. Right now, it's a one-to-one peg. It is to my belief that it will probably in the re- be in the range of 65 cents to 73 cents on the dollar. I have to give it a range because uh, I never call any price to be exact. Ah, I, I guess I could say no with Bitcoin. I called it to be exact. I think I said, no, I, I don't think I know what I said. I said 17,000. But uh, currencies are a bit different and they have a, they have a tendency to fluctuate widely. Um, a li- not as much as, I wouldn't say as much as Bitcoin, but they have a tendency to, um, well, constantly be exchanged for things. So I can't sit here and be like, oh, it's going to be 65. That's for sure. I think it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 73. That's where the peg will end up. And um, we are going to put a very big swap bet on it. The goal in the swap bet is to net out uh, by calculations 1.2 billion on the other side. And I know that sounds crazy and lofty. However, uh, there is a high possibility and probability of this. uh, Well, no, wait, let me say there's a high possibility. The probability is not actually in my immediate favor. I think I I interpret um, my odds to be better than what the uh, overarching market says, especially crypto um, uh, uh, crypto maximalists, especially uh, most who would say they are crypto experts. However, as um, as uh, SBF and FTX situation has told you, you have no clue the depths of what are in a lot of these books. So I'm willing to continue to go on uh, that rabbit hole and say there's a lot more that is going on from a leverage standpoint within 
Terra US, uh, not Terra USD, excuse me, Tether uh, USD, and um, you know, just the just the overall. It's not even that it's built like an algorithmic model. It's not. So, you know, I just think there's a lot more going on there um, than this uh, than than this audience knows, and more so than a lot of people in the general market know. Uh, you know, again, what FTX had proven is that as much as you are enamored by the brand of uh, and what everyone is using, you have no clue the depths of what's going on with the management. And I don't think that it's 100% a management issue at uh, Tether, but I do think there is, the crypto contagion is crazy right now. And it's, it's crazy to such an extent that um, we, we, have, we have barely gotten into the start of how bad it's going to get. So as we get into the episode and we speak more, we'll get a really good understanding of um, what my opinion is. And, you know, I pretty much stand on it. So we're, so just to make it clear, putting a, a levering about 40, about $42 million into on a, on a 10 handle. So $42 million levered by 10 uh, to um, be on the other side uh, to net 1.2 uh, billion when the trade is closed out using swaps. Uh, who the counterparty is, I'm not going to say that, but you know, we can all track it and we should see uh, how interesting this whole thing turns out. So, where do I see things? Right. So I think um, I think Bitcoin has drastically lost its volatility. Uh, which some would say is apples and oranges to a stable coin that's backed by um, U.S. treasuries or fiat. However, uh, how I look at um, cryptos, I look at it as a sector and I look at uh, Bitcoin as the bellwether. Again, a lot of people would detract those statements. However, again, when dealing in this space and speaking with a lot of people, you tend to see them change their tune when the market turns drastically and they can't put uh, their head or tail as to what is immediately happening or trying to uh, shore up their position, which they usually can't shore up because they're over levered. Leverage is another key thing. It sounds like I'm a broken record, but I'm not a broken record. These are the things that are being abused by those who are either inexperienced or those who are so much in the know, they know how to sell uh, the lack of understanding to the next counterparty and taking advantage of that lack of knowledge. And what I mean by that is this. So when you look, when you compare these two things and you say, all right, well, what is Tether? Tether is pretty simple. Uh, it's a stable coin. Uh, stable coins are a digital currency that is pegged to the value of another currency or asset. So uh, Tether is pegged to the U.S. dollar. Uh, that U.S. dollar is usually backed by the uh, assets or you know, U.S. treasuries, which tend not to move. This is the whole concept and why it tends to maintain its one-for-one one peg. Um, the, the, the point of a stable coin is just to allow easy transfers uh, between uh, cryptos and exchanges. And, you know, it, it just makes things a, l a little bit easier. It's like a crypto's version of, uh, you know, like like PayPal or something like that, where I don't want to say PayPal. I don't, I don't even remember if PayPal is still instant. I don't think it is. But, you know, like like Cash App or where it's a very instant transfer because you're using that stable coin. Now, however, the difference between 
uh, Tether and Terra, which uh, was USDT. Uh, the issue was with Terra, they had a token called Luna. Um, the, the token was what acted as the uh, currency, sorry, the asset, and then they pegged that asset to the US dollar and it was all algorithmic. So the algorithm, algorithm failed, there was a run, and you know the whole thing fell apart. In the particular case of uh, Tether, we don't run into that particular scenario because people view it as, hey, it has the backing of U.S. treasuries, so on and so forth. And that's where things get tricky. The problem is, in 2019, there was a lawsuit by those who, um, who lost money on Bitfinex as well. As, so they, they sued Bitfinex, sued, um, what do you call this, a, a tether saying that Bitfinex was trying to hide a shortfall of uh, $850 million that was tied into Tether, and they did this in the Southern District of New York. And in this particular case, uh, what was being asked of Tether was to open the books and say, all right, show us that your assets match your um, liabilities, and you are at a one-to-one like you're claiming. What ended up happening is that they didn't show up, they didn't open up those books, they got fined about $18.5 million, and there was a prior case in 2017 where there was an overstatement of saying that the assets within the um, Tether portfolio were overstated. This all leads to a, a very peculiar problem. It lets you start to understand again about leverage, as I was speaking about before in the Bitcoin episodes. When people have something that is either stable, think about a municipal bond, a mortgage bond, as in, you know, reference 2008, they tend to borrow against it. The other place where people tend to borrow a lot is in intrinsic values when things move up. Think about your house. You bought a house at a great price. Markets have run up. You've got $100,000 in equity. Oh, man, I could either use this credit card or I can go use that $100,000 in equity on a HELOC. Most people just go get the $100,000 in equity. It's easier. It's tied to my house. Uh, I don't have to deal with too much. And this is another scenario that's happening here. What I mean by it is that barring the, the situation of how much assets are in Tether, let's really even look at the concept of how much leverage is being used off of Tether. The fact that it doesn't move, no different than I want to short it, is the same way someone is going to create derivatives off of it. Most people would say that, well, it's not moving, so what, you know, the volatility isn't there. What are you going to, like, where would the interest rate swap be or something be to make it valuable uh, to borrow or lever up against? Well, it all goes back to what derivative can you make off of it? The fact that your underlying asset doesn't move is perfect for a derivative. I've used it for years. This is collateralized mortgage obligations. This is fixed to float. I'm not fixed afloat. These are FDIC insured CDs that are structured products. When you can have an asset that barely moves in its price, it is the perfect asset to then lever. This is what we were speaking about with steepener trades when we were speaking about them in 2020. All right, in 2021. So you have this particular situation where you are you are in a particular you're, you're in a sorry you have this particular situation where 
these assets are definitely levered somewhere. Can you tell how much? No. But the same fact that they won't tell you what the books are should have you very much, very, uh, uh, very inquisitive and very skeptical as to what is actually going on at uh, Tether USDT. I, I confuse the two of them because there's Terra and there's Tether, but nonetheless, we're speaking about Tether. <laughs> and as I'm saying so much so, you've, start to, you've started to see some hedge funds try to get into position uh, to short uh, Tether. Now, some have been early and some have said that the, the, the risk outray, the reward, because you're in a situation where you have to put up assets in order to short it. And I agree, that's true. I have to put up assets in order to short it. However, I don't think that should matter. The reason why I don't think that it should matter is because in the most recent case of uh, October of 2022, uh, the DOJ has now taken over the Tether case in terms of forcing an opening of the books to see what is really inside and backing the assets. It should be uh, very much of a warning because the next part that has happened over at, at Tether is the changing of wording. There's a very important changing of wording that happened. When the AI, when the New York Attorney General um, accused uh, Bitfinex of the $850 million backstop and how they were trying to make that work, in, in the settlement, Tether then has to say, and they've changed the wording, they now say that Tether is backed by unsecured loans or what they would call third-party loans. Third-party loans are unsecured loans. Um, They're backed by treasuries, currency holdings, and commercial assets. That key thing is those third-party loans. Now, some people would say, oh, they could be, you know, I always try to pay devil's advocate here. Well, they can't, you know, it can't possibly be that big of a of a position in third party loans. Well, you do not know that. And if it wasn't, especially in this climate from where you have uh, FTX and Binance trying to uh, save face and cop please and tell tell everyone that they have enough assets. You're probably in a position where they are over levered or something is all going on with the books. Take that part away. Go on to Coindesk and Gemini, where Coindesk is claiming a promissory note for $1 billion. And Gemini is claiming um, is claiming $1 billion that's owed to them in a note payment, not a promissory note that is in a loan. You know, I, I don't know where they do billion-dollar promissory notes. That's crazy. But you can see the ripplings within the whole industry that there are shortfalls in multiple places due to that intrinsic value being lost. And that intrinsic value got lost in a very aggressive amount of time. Again, like in 08, where in the, in the span of a week, everything gets revalued. Or in FBS's, SBF's case, in the span of a weekend, you can lose the majority of your net worth. In crypto, that same volatility that allowed people to succeed in 2020 and in an under two years, be multi-millionaires, be multi-billionaires, do everything in their wildest dreams. That same volatility is now coming home to bite you in the ass because of the reverse side of that, uh, of, you know, your parabolic appreciation. 
So that's a very key thing that's being said there is the changing of the wording where it used to be said that Tether is backed by uh, USD, US dollars, treasuries. However, for those who haven't taken the time, because a lot of people haven't, and I've noticed this in a lot of readings that I've done, a lot of videos that I've watched, and this is as recent as far back as six months. So even in a six-month time frame, people are still saying backed by USD. It is not that has changed. And you can see that in the court filing uh, from the uh, New York Attorney General uh, for Southern District of New York for the settlement of $18.5 million that uh, Tether had to pay. And that's why the DOJ then jumps in and says, well, what is back there? We want to see it. Because before they were trying to file motions to say, we don't want to show it. Well, you got to show it. And most, the main reason you got to show it is because um, some of the some, some of the basis of what people were challenging was, well, this is one to one, but we don't know what you buy. And how do we know that um, it maintains that one to one? ratio all throughout this volatility. So you can see how a changing in markets, uh, Bitfinex trying to fill the $850 million shortfall then comes to uh, a a more recent time in, in the court filing where they're saying, hey, you agreed to pay the 8.5 million. Well, here's the other part of uh, if you still want to even think about doing business in the United States or having U.S. customers, that's what has to happen. In Tether's particular case, they can't do business with uh, New York clients. And what will probably happen going further is other attorney generals will then try to uh, get their piece of flesh out of it because you have a settlement that's been made and there'll probably be more settlements to be made. It all depends on the size and how many clients are in those states. So, you know, that, that I find that to be uh, a nice smoking gun situation and makes the short that much more probable as we were talking about before, right? <laughs> I was saying that most people would say it's improbable. Markets and, and experts are saying improbable. I was saying it's possible. And this these notes and information, I think, increase the probability. I like my chances here. So the other thing that um, I want to say and just kind of in closing and tying this whole thing up, I think that it's important to note that there is a dramatic shift that's going on in the crypto, uh, in, in the crypto industry. And the contagion is far more widespread than people give it credit for. I think for those who are trying to ignore it, or especially those who are saying, uh, as I was as I was reading, not even reading, watching a video today, where, you know, going back to that Fed pivot situation. Of course, there would need to probably be a Fed pivot to some extent at some point, because of course you just don't want the rates going up, 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 up. And I don't think they go up in just a one direction way. However, what does the market look like at the time that you get a bit of easing? And I think people often forget that part. You will not be in the same position you're in. 
the, what changes in that is not just where everything goes right side up and you get your opportunity to buy again and spend money again. You're forgetting that there will be unemployment that will happen during that time. That, that's the other part of killing inflation is to kill demand and to increase unemployment when you are doing that. Not, we need to understand our economics here. So that will be another part when you're saying you want to now unwind these rates a bit. Uh, so I don't think that it will be as simple and clear as that. I also don't think that you get that pausing in rate hikes immediately soon. Some people are still are, are, are still in this belief that uh, what will happen if they raise these rates will cripple the middle class, etc. Government doesn't care about that. That's not their agenda. Their agenda is inflation. So I don't want to make this conversation go left. I wanted to keep it on to the tether short. But our goal here is to break the bank. No different than George Soros. We have a position that is stable. Um, We have a short position out on it. And we have a bunch of mortgage, municipal, and corporate bonds to lever our own dollar against uh, against to do this short. I'm excited. The short's going to cost 8% per annum. Uh, I think that, I, I, I think this thing breaks apart as more of these, especially the stable coin of Tether, uh, gets revealed to not have those assets. Uh, I also think that just, as I've said before, from the original $100 million short episode, the regulation is going to be overbearing in this market. Uh, and you see small, small avenues. And you can't even call them small because they're billion-dollar shortfalls. There's a bunch of these avenues and in, in these exchanges and places where people are short, not short as in the trading, but short on, on making whole uh, certain notes or certain obligations that they have. And these notes and obligations on the, sh- on the small end are in the hundreds of millions. And then easily, we're always talking about a billion plus dollars. You probably got to listen to this more than one time. Thank you guys for tuning in. L.A. Aco, back. I enjoy just uh, giving you my thoughts. Potentially the last season, potentially the last few episodes. I think this is the one that I walk off into the sunset with, even though I should have already stopped because of the um, Bitcoin trade. But. I think this one is way too titillating to pass up, and I I love a good challenge, and this is a challenge. Thank you guys for tuning in. L.A. Aiko, out.